People of Riverdale, I have rid this town of the drug-dealing child killer and others like him. Now you must choose your fate. The next 48 hours will be a test, and I will be watching you very closely. Show me you are pure of heart, and my work ends. Continue to sin, and I will take up the sword again. A lot of righteous people saying he's doing God's work. Black Hood. You know, this whole Black Hood thing reminds me of, don't you? The Riverdale Reaper family living out near Fox Forest. Good family. Gun shot them all dead. No survivors. I'm saying that there's a cycle to things. What happened then, what's happening now? It's killing season in Riverdale. Calling the cops. Two boys on a country road with a crate full of God knows what. You're sinners, both of you. Careful, or you'll taste the Reaper's blade next. Women are supposed to treat each other better than this. We're your sisters and you clawed us in the back. I have a theory about Sheriff Keller. Oh, me too. It's obvious. He's the black He's hit. having an affair. What? Gross. Squad, oh, assemble. assemble. Riverdale. Riverdale, the two, chapter 20, Tales from the Dark Side, baby. Ooh. Hey, River Vixen. Hey, Serpent. <laughs> hey, really need to think about that one. What's going on with tea? Ooh, it's spooky season. Get in already. Oh, my God. It's our Halloween special, you guys. Guys, I think this one's a pretty good episode for Halloween, too. Oh, it's perfect. Happy Halloween, boys and girls. Ghouls and demons. Ah, Ghouls (laughs) and the serpent sleuths. Ghoulies. Wow, it should have been a ghoulie for Halloween. Oh, my God. Speaking of which, you guys, Patrick is head to toe in his dark Betty costume. When we finally get audio, or when we get video, we have to do a Halloween special. I know. I told you, but I was like, I saw a wig and I just didn't think about it. I'm like, I should have got the dark Betty wig. No. That would have been so funny. You you as Betty, me as like a ghoulie or a serpent. Name a better costume. Are you dressing up this year? I don't know. Do you have any suggestions? I think a Tiger King would be funny. Um, Barbie or Ken. Ooh. Stripper. Just ask Michelle. <laughs> She's always got good suggestions. We, octopus. You keep the sea theme going. I'll be like that. It could be Ariel. Travi could be or Sebastian. That's I'm dead. Yeah, a couple like costume would be cute. Oh. The two of you. Father daughter. How about you? Any costumes? No, I wanted to do the rhubarb lady, but I just I haven't had time. You know what my suggestion was? What? I don't remember. Those motherfuckers are not real. Oh, Patrick, I am telling you right now, those motherfuckers are not. And it's easy. She's wearing jeans, a black shirt, hoops, oh. and like her hair in a bun. Yeah. You see like a blonde wig and you tie back or something. Patrick. Did I and, tell like, you? carry around like a lizard or something. Like, like a Sasquatch or. <laughs> what a queen. Did I tell you I was on a flight and it was like a UCLA game was going to be where I was and like all these drunk parents. And then they're like, they're like, we cannot take off this plane until everybody is in their seat. And I'm like, please, God, put me in a situation. I'm dead. <laughs> Let this be one of these. I'm like oh looking in the alley. I'm like getting my phone ready. And nothing happened. How funny would that be? Like, she's back. <laughs> oh, it's like, I, this is the only thing I'll ever ask for. Please, please, please. put me on a crazy airplane, lady. Plane. Please. Oh, <laughs> uh, bulls. What a sight to see. Those people oh. are lucky. Oh my god. I don't I would even be pissed about like the three hour delay. I'd be like, this is so no. worth it. I'd be honored. <laughs> just to be in the same presence as someone like her. Oh, poor girl. Well, you ready to jump in? Yeah. Do we have a want to do a humble king or anything? Please enlighten me. Okay. Well, this week for a humble king, I choose chose Matthew Perry. Which, of course, everyone must have heard that I think he recently passed away. Yeah, R.I.P. R.I.P. And of course, like, I'm just researching, like, 
he had his struggles with addiction and drugs. And I saw he like left this quote where he's like, you know, if, I w- if I'm going to be remembered for anything, I want friends to be like last on the list. So it looks like he was very like open about it. He started like a lo- sober living society, which offered like helplines for men. He even wrote like a play, which tried to like, you know, make his struggles with addiction more real to people. So, oh, yeah. But it was very sweet of him. Like, of course, everyone's like, friends, friends, you know, but he's like, that's not what I'm like. That's again. Yeah. There's a lot more to it. I I honestly, it makes me want to read his book because I knew he had addiction, but I really don't know too much about him. Like, I think he's just been in the business for like decades, literally. It'd be interesting to see. Yeah. yeah it's very sad. Is there any developments or? No, I think they're, I mean, speculation abroad, but. Yeah. Yeah, I'm wondering if it was a heart attack and just, you know, yeah, he was in a hot tub, so. Yeah, I mean, I heard, you know, it was maybe mixed alcohol in that or something. I heard there was no drugs or anything found out. That's what I heard, so. Oh. Who knows? Sound like a good guy. Yeah. God. Wow. 54, too. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll live on in your memory, MP. I know we had beef a couple of years ago. <laughs> I mean, like, I've never been, like, a Friends fan by all means, but I'm like, oh, seems, like, it's nice. Patrick, don't lie. I've seen you just... <laughs> Ooh. Oh, my <laughs> I love Ross. You know, he's my favorite. Oh, God. Little nerd. Um, but I say I had beef with Matthew Perry. He, he had a Keanu Reeves joke that fell flat, but I know it was a joke, but we're, Wait we're a minute. good now. Keanu Reeves. Leave him alone. Don't you ever talk about camera. <laughs> oh, man. Well, you know, speaking of icons, we have an icon in our midst, Trabby. Mm-hmm. Horror King, a man with 255 acting credits to his name, Tony Todd. Wow. <laughs> he's so he's so stunned, you guys. He can't even speak. I definitely know who that is. <laughs> Tony Todd is Horror King. Candyman, OG, Hatchet. The man has been in the business for decades, and we have him on today's episode of Riverdale. What a fun episode. This is a fun one. It's like, yeah. Do you have any thoughts about this one? I honestly think it's like an homage to like, it must have been a Halloween special because I think they do that every season, and it's just fun. It's just kind of a, yeah expressive like homage to horror we get our introduction to greendale like it's just kind of like a fun episode Uh, yeah i was looking at the trivia and it's like it's the same title as like a 1983 george romero anthology like the openings like the texas chainsaw massacre and there's just so many references i couldn't write them all down yeah i was like what is this reference to it has to be like some horror movie but i couldn't put my finger on it yeah if you look at the list of references it's like it's like 20 of them they're really like the writers of the show are really like movie nerds they're such nerds and they just love film it's so it's cool they're not just like oh we're writing a sexy uh teen high school show it's like i wish they did more of it instead of the goddamn musicals like stuff like this (laughs) yeah the first time i saw this episode i wasn't like the biggest fan but like this this time around i was like wow okay it's very cool stories yeah we actually learn a few things and it actually like moves the story along a little bit mm-hmm. in more ways than one speaking of which anything else no let's get into it ready lfgo previously on Riverdale. okay this made me bark bark this made me bark we we see chuck again if you guys don't remember chuck is the football player from season one who had like the book where he wrote like his sexual exploits and like was a total D-bag. So he goes, you want to ride the Chuck wagon? That could be arranged. And I, 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 ew. Jughead made a deal with the snake charmer and Archie called the cops on the ghoulies. Lastly, we found out who the sugar man was. So today's episode, and as Patrick was saying, it's like a chainsaw massacre, like scroll through dialogue, whatever on the screen it goes what you are about to witness are the three twisted tales connected to the tragic macabre events that befell the town of Riverdale known as the Black Hood murders they were all the more tragic because those who witnessed the those who were witness to these terrible crimes were so young and a seemingly random shooting quickly revealed the first in a series of gruesome assaults 
These last chapters began with a letter from the Black Hood. Ooh. Hey guys, it's the Black Hood. <laughs> it's the Black Hood here. <laughs> Can you imagine <laughs> if they made that choice? <laughs> it's like, oh my God, John Wayne. It's like a Scooby Doo, like John Wayne Gacy when they get his mask off. <laughs> it was you the whole time. Hey Boys guys. The voice would have been a real big tip off. Oh my god, instant. All right, you guys. We open on Pop's Diner with a VO of the Black Hood, and he sent a letter to the residents of Riverdale. People of Riverdale, I, I have writ this town of the drug dealing kid killer. Now you must choose your fate. The next 48 hours will be a test, and I will be watching you very closely. Show me you are pure of heart, and my work ends. Continue to sin, and I will take up my sword again. I said, do you know what town we're in? Like, oh, this is Riverdale, baby. You gotta grade this town on a curve. <sighs> Makes Chicago look like Pleasantville. Like, like So we open up on a jump scare. Betty and Jughead in bed together. So Betty and Jug are, like, cuddling or whatever. And she's like, I thought I finally had outsmarted him, Jug. By having Mr. Phillips arrested, I thought I was saving his life. But instead, he still totally killed that guy. And I wrote, girl, you basically did fish in a barrel with a human. Served him up on a silver platter. <laughs> and Jughead is like, look, he was a high school teacher dealing drugs. It's not like he matters. And Betty, <laughs> that's basically how he says it. <laughs> and Betty is like, okay, but how did the Black Hood even get into the sheriff's station? Unless nothing. It's too crazy. The phone rings. And it's petty goddamn Peabody. She's calling in a favor. And it's a favor that Jughead must uphold. So Penny's on the phone. She goes, I'm hungry. Meet me at Pops. And I wrote, uh, uh-oh. I also wrote, Jughead's bed looks itchy. <laughs> <laughs> Little musty crusty. All right. So we're at Pops and Jug and Penny are meeting. And Jughead is terrified. He's like, I can't do this, Penny. Whatever it is, I'll, I'll pay you like just to get out of this bullshit with you. I don't want to do it. And I, I wrote, okay, what money, Jughead? Like, yeah. Remember, everyone's like, her. oh, sorry. I was going to say, remember, everyone's like, do not talk to her. Like, do not pick up the phone. Like, his, his dad was pissed the first time he did it. Yeah. His dad was like, going to fart in his hat. <laughs> <laughs> and Penny is like, look, okay, your dad needs more help. He, he got into a little accident with the ghoulies in the prison showers. And I wrote, uh-oh. So <laughs> I wrote, way to go, Archie, putting a bunch of ghoulies in with FP, dumbass. The ghoulies want blood, and FP is at the top of their list, baby. So Jughead is distraught. Like, he's in a powerless position. Penny's like, listen, only money can, you know, oil the, the what? The gears. <laughs> squeaky wheel get the grease like we need money and we don't have it and Jughead tells us like he's like I have $18 like that's not gonna do shit so Penny is like look okay maybe I can help you with this again all you have to do is deliver a little tiny package no big deal for me to, to house in Greendale super easy and we can get the money that we need to help FP right and <laughs> Uh, Jughead's like, okay, like, what's in the package? And she's like, it's pancake mix. It's totally pancake mix. It's not drugs. It's, uh, you know, completely <laughs> innocent. Do this, and I will use your cut of the cash for your dad's case. And Jughead has no choice but to do the delivery. However, there's a problem. This delivery, it's it's not so little. It's actually a crate. It's not going to fit fit onto the motorcycle that Jughead has. He's going to need some wheels, baby. What would you do? What are you going to do, Patrick? What? How can you do? What <laughs> can you do? <clears throat> so we get a title card, Jughead Archie. It's their story. So I don't know, I think we said this, but we have three like little stories in this episode. So and they all kind of intertwine, which we're going to say right now. Right. So, so Jughead shows up at Riverdale High to talk to Archie about using Archie's dad's truck. And in struts Cheryl Blossom. And she goes, out of the way, Bert and Ernie. Which made me gag. So, so, so funny. <laughs> she got him. <laughs> she got him there. 
So Jughead is like, Archie, I need your help. After that dumbass idea you did, you owe me one. Tonight, meet me with your truck. We're picking up a package. And don't ask a single goddamn stupid question. I know that's tough for you. I know that's really hard, but you do not ask questions, okay? <laughs> I'm just reading. It's like, Jughead notices Archie attempting to ask a question. <laughs> He's nope, trying to form a thought. Don't do it. It's like five minutes of standing there. Archie, I'm going to stop you right now. I'm going to stop you right there. So the boys show up at the pickup spot. And you guys, this is a huge ass crate, like with chains around it. Like this, this can't be good. So, and I wrote, is this how they deliver drugs? Question mark. But <laughs> I know. I love the chains. It's like in an X pattern around all the corners. I'm like, what is this? It looks like a treasure or something. So they load up the truck and peel off towards their destiny. So we're driving along and Archie just can't help himself. He's like, Jughead, listen, I'll see this through with you, but where does this all end? And the look on Jughead's face is, I told you just to not ask dumb ass questions. But he goes, it ends at 115 Kirby Street in Greendale, smart ass. But he goes, I don't know, Archie. Right now, I'm just living minute to minute, baby. And Archie goes, you know, Jug, I had this really stupid idea. You know, after graduation, we both knew, moved to New York. You write, I make music. We live on the East Village, just doing our thing. Betty and Veronica are roommates in Park Avenue. And Jug, and <laughs> Archie goes, Jughead, if you stay on this path, you'll end up in jail or worse. Boom. The truck's tire blows out. I say that. I love like, I'm like, Archie, why don't you live with your girlfriend in this scenario? It's like, why are you <laughs> Jughead? And then the girls live together. It's like, he's like, no girls. No girls. <laughs> yeah, we could have our bro pad. A bachelor pad, just me and you, Juggy. So the boys are totally screwed. They're on the side of the road. And Archie is like, oh, we have to call Triple C, which I loved. So good. Another Riverdaleism, triple triple C, American Excess, The Matchler. No, I'll just say they show this later. Where like when the car comes, I'm like they're really committed to it. Like the truck has the triple C on it. I'm like the one. It's gonna it, it's in one scene of the show, but they really committed to that bit. They did. I love that triple C driver too. He's like, oh whatever, <laughs> fuck off. So Jughead is obviously like incensed, right? He's like, fuck. Because right. he has to. <laughs> He has to deliver this by like midnight too. So they're on a timer. Have you noticed how he had his watch on? Yeah. What? I was so annoyed. He had his watch face on his wrist, you guys. I was like, just put it at the top of your wrist like a normal person. Oh, yeah. You freak. So he's like, let's call Betty. And Archie's like, no, I'm not letting you drag her in the, into the, I'm not letting you drag her into this mess. Let's call Kevin instead. I was like, you assholes. <laughs> Remember, the boys are on a time crunch. All of the sudden, Tony goddamn Todd shows up to help. He pulls over. He's in like a tow truck, like a dinky old tow truck type of thing. He goes, having some car trouble, boy. And they both go, no, yes. <laughs> At the same time. I love that. He goes, or Jughead goes, no, like, yeah, we need a spare or a ride to Greendale. Like, can you please help us? And Tony Todd is like, well, I don't have a spare, but I am passing through Greendale. Hey, what you got in that crate over there? Uh, and they're like, nothing. It's pancake. <laughs> He's like, okay, well, I can take you to Greendale, but it's going to cost you. And I can only take one of you. I wrote, uh-oh, I don't like this. But the boys have no choice. Jughead must go with the candy man while Archie waits by the truck. We've come this far. I'll have, I'll be fine, baby. Jughead says to Archie, I wrote, this must be the lightest crate in the world. They're just like lifting it up with like one hand. Like, so they kind of, there's a tarp in the backseat. Um, and he's, and Tony Todd's like, don't look under that tarp, boy. But it's obviously like something like. It's like flies all over it. Smells like. So Jughead's in the car with Tony Todd. They're driving along and the Tony Todd is like, you know, I thought your friend back there was Jason Blossom. You never know on the road to Greendale and Jughead looks like he's going to poop his pants. <laughs> Riverdale. So we cut to our first story, Juggy and Archie. 
and they're they're selling the truck Jughead and Tony Tony Todd and there's a preacher on the radio that's like praising the Black Hood basically and he's condemning Riverdale of all its sins and Tony Todd is like a lot of people say he's doing the Lord's work and Jughead is like what <laughs> and then Tony Todd is like this whole Black Hood thing reminds me of the Riverdale Reaper it makes my blood run cold just thinking about it. So we cut back to Archie and the triple C guy shows up, gives a new tire. When Archie all of a sudden sees something in the distance, it's a deer, badly injured, covered in blood, but it's walking fine. And, you know, I, did you think it was going to hiss too? <laughs> like that <laughs> fertilizer thing we have, like vampire teeth. Yeah, with the vampire <laughs> teeth. I literally was like prepared for a jump scare of it going. That would have been terrifying. But, yeah, that would have got me. But he sees the deer in the distance. It looks at him and it walks by the Greendale sign. And Archie, it's like, it's like Greendale this way, Archie, or Riverdale one way. And like Archie gets in the truck and he's like confused which one. Uh, it's like all the letters this are like mixing up. Right or left? <laughs> it's like all the letters are becoming jumbled. He's like, what does that say? River. <laughs> no, I don't want to go there. Greendale. <laughs> The arrow's pointing that way. So Jughead and Tony Todd make it to the gas station. And Tony Todd is like, go ahead and fill her up, boy. And of course, like Jughead is filling the truck up when he sees like a blood pool under the tarp. And he lifts up the tarp. He just can't help it. It's the dead deer or a dead deer. But perhaps it's the dead deer that Archie just saw alive earlier. Pookie. Oh. So Tony Todd comes out and he's like, hey, look, there's a there's a cafe over there and I'm starving. Let's eat. I was like, oh, my God, this night sucks. Oh, this scene is so triggering. Just like, <laughs> just, like he's they're like eating in a cafe and he's like eating a steak with ketchup at a gas station cafe. And it's the most disgusting. Like people who eat ketchup with steak. I'm sorry, but like, ugh. especially if it's just that's like that disgusting. ketchup that's been sitting on the counter this whole time. Like in who knows the last time it's been changed? Probably like never. Ugh. I'm so confused by like subway gas stations. Oh, it makes me like makes my stomach hurt just thinking about it. So we're in the cafe and Tony Todd is eating his like weird ketchup mustard or ketchup steak situation. And he's like, Look, I saw you looking under my tarp. Don't worry. I got all my permit. I'm no thrill-seeking psycho like the Black Hood or the Riverdale Reaper. And Jughead is like, okay, so who is the Riverdale Reaper? And Tony Todd tells us, well, there was a family in Fox Forest, a good family. One night they were all asleep and someone broke in and went from room to room with a shotgun and shot them all dead. There were no goddamn survivors. Um, and he, Jughead's like, well, did they find the guy? And of course, like, there was only rumors about what happened to the Riverdale Reaker. <laughs> Reaker. Was he killed by a mob? Did he become a Satanist in California? Or did he never leave Riverdale? And Jughead is spinning. He's, he's like, wait, wait, wait. Is the Riverdale Reaper the Black Hood? And Tony Todd's like, no, 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 that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying there's a cycle. And it's killing season in Riverdale, baby. And I wouldn't be surprised if it was, wasn't was the same man. The actress, the actress, the waitress drops the check on the table. And Tony Todd is like, it's on him. And Jughead is like, no, like literally I gave you the $18 I have to my name. And the, the woman, the waitress is like, well, someone's got to pay. <laughs> and Tony Todd is like, good luck. I'm out of here. I'm leaving. And I'm taking that crate with me. Archie walks in because, you know, he had fixed the tire and he caught up with the boys and Archie shows up and Tony Todd is like, you're sinners, both of you boys, you're up to no good. And the waitress is like, someone has to pay. And Archie is like, I can help you. I can pay. But but can you help me count out the quarters? <laughs> can you help me count out the money I have? <laughs> I couldn't help but come for Archie this episode. <laughs> so Archie pays. The boy. The boys get the crate. They put it in the truck. And Tony Todd disappears into the horizon. It's 11.52. Like, we gotta get going, baby. 
And I, I love how they're like bonding over this like drug drop off. <laughs> I wrote this. Boys. <laughs> I wrote this too because they're like, Jug's like, oh man, it's 11.52. And then Archie's like, we better get going. And Jug is laughing. And I'm like, it's not funny, asshole. Like, it's not <laughs> funny at all. <laughs> Fuck you. Like, this is a serious drug deal. This is yeah, not funny. It's not... You're probably delivering like heroin. But, you know, the boys make it to the location. It's like, like a, I don't know, industrial. I don't even know. There's crates everywhere and shipping containers. And this killed me. Oh my God. They walk I know. In. <laughs> I know what you're about to say. They walk in and a woman, probably in her 60s, in a wheelchair, is pulled in, like pushed in with like a guard who must be like 6'5". And they look like Russian Soviets. Oh my God. Like the way the guy, bodyguard's dressed, he's got like aviators and like a beret and like a, like the leather jacket that has a button that goes like all the way up and down, like fully tight. Yeah. Like military. These two look like military, Soviet, I don't know, German. Like there's like a hint of like Nazi in there. I don't know. But I was like, what the fuck? Like we we get no explanation. No, it's not another gang. It's not like a businessman. It's these like two cartoon villains. (laughs) So the woman is like, you are late. And the guard pulls out a gun and he's arching. No, the guard is like showing a gun and the boys are like, oh my God, I've got, we're so sorry. And the woman is like, next time, don't be late. And Jughead is like, oh, no, there won't be a next time. This was like a one-time thing. And she's like, that's not what Penny told me. So, oh, and she's like, Penny said I would have a regular delivery boy. Which one of you is Jughead Jones? And Archie's like, uh, uh. Uh, why are you asking me these tough questions? But obviously Jughead is like, it's me, whatever. Who's like, you so, know my we, name or whatever? It's like, what do you think? Of course. Also, yeah, she has like a 50-50 shot of like knowing who it is. Like it's not, not this tough secret to figure out. So we cut to the boys leaving their first and certainly not their last favor for Penny Peabody. We cut to Pops and the boys are sitting Without food or drinks, mind you. I was like, you guys have to order if you're going to sit in there. Like, it's so rude. But anyway, Jughead is like, thanks for forgiving, uh, for helping me. Like, I, I appreciate it. I know it goes against everything you believe in. And Archie's like, we've all done bad things, baby. It's like, it's like the Riverdale Black Hood is making up, making do them, making us do them. You know, I was thinking about Tony Todd and his story of Riverdale and the Riverdale Reaper. Maybe it is just tales. But what if it's a lead on who the Black Hood is? Maybe tomorrow we can both go to the library, but you can't go to the kids section again, Archie, and read The Cat in the Hat for hours and hours. You got him so good. I just picture him in the kitty corner with those like pop-up books. Like I'm going to like sitting on like a ladybug uh, like carpet. (laughs) Playing with blocks. But... Archie's busy tomorrow. Like he has lunch with V. He's got to help his dad with the truck. Dinner with V. Taking most of physical therapy for like getting mm, shot. Yeah, getting shot like three times. And Archie goes, Jughead, are you sure you can't get out of this? And he says, No, I've fallen for the snake charmer's charms, baby. Cut. You guys aren't going to believe this. Oh, oh, and he's like, You know, it's almost dawn and visiting hours are at seven. So he's like, I better go to the jail to like see my dad. So we cut to Jughead and he's meeting with FP like through the the glass and the phones and all that. And Jughead looks on at his father in absolute horror. There isn't a single scratch on FP's handsome face. Penny lied. And worse yet, she has the boys on video delivering the, the drugs. And if Jughead tries to back out, that video that she took of the boys is going straight to the sheriff's office. FP made Penny a promise that he didn't keep up. And as far as Penny is concerned, she's just getting started with Jughead Jones. <sighs> this can't well, be good. No. Everybody warned you, Jug. Yeah, you idiot. <laughs> but also, I'm like, she's going to release a video of her Russian drug dealers. Like, okay. And like, all they're doing is cre- ah! carrying a crate. Like, it's not, not illegal to move a box. Exactly. I'm like, eh, she doesn't really gotcha. <laughs> so good. <laughs> so that was the first story. 
Next one. I really like this one. I think, do you have a favorite story out of all of them? I think the Jughead one is my favorite. I just love seeing Tony Todd, but this one's really good too. This one's good. All right, guys. And this is cool. It's like, this is Josie's story. So it's like the first time we ever like spent time with Josie really and see what her life is like. I like Josie a lot. I wish we got more of her. Yeah. Hopefully maybe a spinoff show. <gasps> well, they tried that kind of, but... <laughs> Okay, so we start with Josie, and she's like, you know, singing some crappy little songs. It's so annoying. It's like, I don't know, it's, it's almost like witchy woman. Like, I'm feeling kind of spooky. And, 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 I don't know. Literally. Like Ten times. It's like, ah. Uh. Like, come on, yeah. Josie. We see, so we cut to Josie, and she's like in the school music room practicing after hours. It's dark outside. When suddenly the creepy janitor barges in, Mr. Svensson, and he's like, she's like, oh my God, you scared me. And he's like, oh, I'm just letting you know, I'm locking up. So same deal, like you sneak out the side door. So she's got this arrangement with a janitor who's clearly very creepy. Yeah. (laughs) So he's like, okay. And like, we cut to her, like walking the dark halls and she's getting like, she can kind of hear footsteps going on, like something. It's like all the lights are off. She's walking the hallways and. You can tell that she's scared. So she starts running down the hallway and like looks as if she's being followed. And this, this I'm sorry, the story goes like a little bit fast, you guys. It's kind of like a lot of cutting between like hallway scene, this, this, this. But so we cut and she's like getting home and, you know, it's lecture time from mommy mayor. And she's like, Josie, I don't know what you're doing out so late. I'm afraid for you. Like walking the streets alone. Like, you know, there is a killer outside. It's like, I'm going to have to get get you your own private security guard and she's like you know you don't have to do that mom i'm no whitney not yet at least mm. uh, <laughs> you wish yeah nobody's whitney don't even don't even talk about it like that right right yeah yeah and like again we go to school and she's complaining about her mom to cheryl She's like, you know, my goddamn mom's freaking out a little bit. And she's like, you know, it's like, my mom's like stressing me out. It's like really screwing up my singing voice. So, but like, we kind of like hear that. They're like, oh, like, maybe it's because you're feeling guilty about going behind the pussycats and practicing solo. <gasps> and like, she kind of mentions like, yeah, the going solo. Oh my God. Not good. And Cheryl's like, yeah, maybe, you know, maybe I get it. You're feeling like you're sinning and maybe the Black Hood's going to like want to come after you for betraying your girls i'm like i'm sure the black hood really gives a shit about that (laughs) (laughs) the most betrayed the pussycat dolls josie this is the worst of all the crimes (laughs) i'm like the most serious crime of all they're my favorite band josie (laughs) she's like a like it's hardcore taylor swift fan it's like how could you turn your back on (laughs) hey i mean i guess it's a little accurate with some fandoms yeah not much of a stretch (laughs) But we find out like Cheryl's like she's helping Josie out. So she's performing solo because Cheryl's connecting her to a studio. And they're like, look, like they really just only want you like the recording time is only going to be for you, Josie. And she's like, we see her opening her locker and suddenly we see a teddy bear with a note on it saying, I'll be watching you. So we reveal that like over the weeks, she's been Josie's been receiving gifts from some secret admirer. And Josie's like, look, I don't. Yeah. Yeah, she's like, I don't really care who's trying to like court me and everything. Like, I just want like my privacy. I need like I need to get a new locker. And she was like, do it. Yeah. <laughs> and she was like, Well, maybe it's the black hood. Like, you know, he's dropping off notes. And it's like, shut the like, don't choke about that. Seriously. <laughs> yeah, seriously. And we go back and like that night, Josie's again singing her annoying little song when who else but Chuck Clayton comes to her. Ooh. This is trouble. And so Chuck's like, hey, baby, I know this is out of the blue, but maybe. And she's like, cuts him off immediately. She's like, nope, nope, not not happening, Chuck. He's like, not even for some cheese fries at Pops. And I'm like, that could win me over some cheese fries. Say less. <laughs> and so Chuck's like, hey, baby, like, are you the one putting the gifts in my locker? And he's like, he's like, I can be if you want me to, baby. And so Josie's like, no, like, look, I don't want to date you, Chuck. Like, not some chauvinistic, misogynistic harasser woman. That's all you, baby. And he's like, ah, whatever. And he walks away. So in class, we see Cheryl and Josie talking about the whole Chuck situation. And Cheryl's like, oh, my God, that is vile. He's like, the only date you need to worry about is your date with the studio. Mm. And Josie's like, God damn it, Cheryl, shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're just as controlling as my mom. And Triggered. Cheryl, 
she was a little taken aback, which is like, look, okay, I'm sorry. Like, I really wanted to pay you back for saving me from Nick Saint douchebag. Mm. Saving me from the whole situation. But like, she like humbly is like, okay, like if you want me to take a step back, like I can. And Jesse's like, okay, like, look, I'm sorry. Like she's on edge. She's on edge. Yeah, definitely. And then the next thing we see her, like she's in the locker room, like just taking a shower when she runs into Valerie and Melody, her fellow band members. <gasps> and they are not happy, you guys. Mm-mm. They're like, Josie, what is going on? And Josie's like, uh, I don't know what you're talking about. And they're like, look, somebody put like notes in our locker and told us that you're going solo. What are you going to ditch us? And like, I'm like, again, why is this a big deal? Like, I don't know. Maybe I'm missing <laughs> okay. something. Am I missing something? Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, the girls are pissed. And they're like, well, pride cometh before the fall, baby. Like, mm. we are done with you. You know, we're out of here. And it is storm Beware out. the Ides of March. <laughs> <laughs> So the girls are out and Josie's like, somebody is messing with Josie's life. Like she's like sending notes to her friends and all this stuff. And again, like that night we see her walk in the halls and she hears footsteps. So she comes running, goes running and around the corner, it's Chuck Clayton, you guys. So she's like, hey, again, again, like something again, like we get someone stalking her. All the stuff's going crazy. And she runs into Ch- Chuck. What are the chances? So she's like, hey, like, can you give me a ride home? But Chuck wants to make one stop first. So we cut to Pops and she's like, look, I'm setting the record straight. This is not a date. And Chuck's like, look, okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, everyone has these thoughts about me, but like I'm trying to put my life back in order. Like I've been going to church and I've been like taking art classes and I really want to be like a comic book artist and draw kids books. I'm like, this is all just coming out of nowhere, you guys. Like the star, so fo- random. star football player is now wants to write children's. All right. Be okay. a comic book writer. Okay. And Josie, like, doesn't believe him. But right on cue, Pop comes up and he's like, hey, really nice seeing you at church, son. Like, maybe you can get this one to come with you. And then we see Chuck slide him, like, a $20 bill. It's like, thanks, Pops. <laughs> Not really, thanks, but. <laughs> so, you know, you are such an upstanding gentleman, Chuck, Charles, Chuck. <laughs> Charles, Chuck, Chuck. Clayton, give me that. Okay, where's the money? <laughs> Hand it over, kid. <laughs> But anyway, they're having fun and we see like the jukebox turn on and they get up and start dancing. And it's straight out of like Pulp Fiction, like that kind of dancing style, like doing the twist. It's so triggering. Yeah. It's Just dancing in a restaurant, no care in the world. I know. What if you're like another customer? I'd be like, what the hell is happening? Yeah. I'd be like, can you please stop? Like really annoying. <laughs> and suddenly but like they, they get interrupted. It's the mom and she's like. The Mayor McCoy and the sheriff, and they're like, oh my God, Josie, what the hell are you doing? You like, what does she call? She says something so funny. She's like, you goddamn idiot. You, I don't know, whatever. Oh, I missed it. She's like, well, yeah. She's like, okay. So mom interrupts and she's like, what are you doing? Like, Josie. And she's like, mom, like, what are you talking about? I'm just having fun. She's like, look at your phone. Like, you have missed so many texts. I've been worried sick about you. And like, she like gives Chuck this death glare as they're leaving. It's very scary. Oof. Oof. And so we come back and they're at the five season. The mom's like, look, I can't have you acting out. And she's like, mom, I'm just living my life. The mom looks, reveals like, we've gone through so much. Like, look, I've been receiving death threats. Like the whole town is getting emboldened by the black hood. Like they're threatening to cut out my heart. And the last letter I received, Josie, mentioned you as well. Mm-hmm. And so the sheriff's like, look, Josie, have you been getting any packages or letters? And Josie lies to her mom, so she hasn't. I'm like, maybe, she, I don't know if she's not trying to like, not trying to freak her mom out or anything, but it must whatever. be. Yeah. And so they hug and the next morning, like Josie's filling in Cheryl about like who's comforting her about the whole situation. And Cheryl is like, so they have like she's filling Cheryl and is comforting her. And Cheryl's like, look, like maybe we could skip practice, like just focus on life. But Cheryl's like, again, like, I can't believe you went on a date with Chuck. How like what are you thinking, you idiot? No. <laughs> But Josie's like, okay, look, I think Chuck's like making a change for the better. Like, really? And she's like, well, you know, just taking art classes and going to make somebody better. <laughs> she's like, is that the reason you didn't tell the sheriff that he's low-key stalking you? We mm-hmm. see the janitor like off in the distance. Like, very obvious that the janitor is like overhearing the situation. Right. But they keep walking down the halls and they go to the music room and we find a new present. A black box and a scroll. So she opens the scroll and it's like the creepiest like charcoal drawing of Josie. And it says... If I can't have you, nobody can. And they open the oh. box and we see a like a pig's heart, you guys. Like this is very, <laughs> this is very much like over the top stalking creeper level. Yeah. So we see like Cheryl and them charge down the hall and they confront Chate. Chuck. Chate. 
<laughs> they confront Chuck and they're like, look, some people might buy buying the snake oil you're peddling, but not me. You're still the same Chuck that thinks women are or things playthings to possess and torture. And Chuck's like, what the hell are you talking about? Chuck has no idea what's going on. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, look, the stuffed animals were cute. Like, I really like the attention. But yeah. A pig's heart. I would love that shit. <laughs> that is too far. Especially that drawing. That is unforgivable. Yeah. Oh, God, it was trash. <laughs> Quit while you're ahead. And so Mr. Svensson, the janitor, comes in and he's like intervening. He's like, hey, guys, what's going on here? And Cheryl's like putting all the blame onto Chuck. And she'll suggest like, oh, maybe he's the one who's writing the letters to your mom as well. Like the death threats. And Josie like thinks about it and she goes, yeah, it's all Chuck. Chuck's the one. He's to blame. He's the one who sent me the heart. Like, take him away, toys. <laughs> take him away, boys. What did you say? <laughs> take him away. <laughs> is that Wiggum? Wiggum, yeah. This is Simpsons guys. <laughs> Josie's like, you know, take him away. So Chuck is like dragged off, kicking and screaming by Mr. Svensson into the principal's office. Mm-hmm. And so that night, the sheriff drunkie is telling him like, look, Chuck... <laughs> Is we talked to Chuck and he's going to steer clear from you now and like from now on. The mayor is relieved, but he's like, you know, I'm not like entirely convinced that Chuck was the one doing it. Like, we didn't find any stuff in his locker. Like, we looked everywhere and there was no evidence of that. And the mayor is like, look, if my daughter says it's Chuck, it's Chuck. And so that I evening, I guess we you don't sh- need evidence, sir. No, no, <laughs> nothing stronger than the word of a person, right? And so that night, we go back and we cut, and Josie's doing her practicing again. When suddenly somebody approaches from behind, we see that they're wielding a knife. It <gasps> is the Black Hood, you guys. No. And he slashes Josie's throat, killing her dead. <gasps> that's it. That, oh, that's so sad. <laughs> <laughs> but we suddenly see Josie jump out of bed in horror, and she's choking like, <clears throat> and it's a dream. <laughs> Got him. And elsewhere, we see Cheryl listening to Josie's music, and we see her drawing a picture of her and Josie in the exact same style as the notes she's been receiving. <gasps> That's it. It was Cheryl the whole time. Wow. What a it's, twist. What a twist. Yeah, so that was a little confusing. It's like cuts around a lot, but I'm like, it's very fun. Yeah, it's a fun one. Who's the stalker? Spooky. Yeah. All right, you guys, we're on our last little vignette, Betty and Veronica. All right, so we go back in time a little bit, back into when Betty and Jughead were waking up together. And remember, she couldn't help but wonder how the Black could have gotten into the sheriff's department, gotten into the jail, and killed the Candyman. I couldn't help but picture, like, Sybil was working the night shift, like, smoking a cig at her desk, reading a magazine, drinking her Bailey's coffee. I was like, yeah, come in. I don't give a shit. (laughs) (laughs) But Betty goes... Suddenly, she's thinking, and an idea strikes her head, and she goes, no way. So, Kevin, we cut to the high school, and Kevin is worried about his dad, Sheriff Dum Dum, and he's not doing well. The town is pissed. Like, the Black Hood hasn't been caught. He hasn't been eating. He hasn't been sleeping, and he's just, like, rummaging around at all hours of the night. He's bubbling to himself. He's leaving in the middle of the night. And it's like, he's a different person now. It's like, oh, that's really not good. But Z and B are chatting a little bit later after hearing this. And Betty has a theory about Sheriff Keller. And she's like, I think I know what's going on. I think it's completely obvious. And Veronica's like, you know, I think the same thing. Like, I think this is it. And at the same time, Betty goes, he's the Black Hood. And Veronica goes, he's having an affair. And they're both like, what? Veronica's like, Betty, there is no way. Like, he's the Black Hood. Let's think about it. His wife's away. It has to be an affair. He's failing at his job. He's looking for comfort. All signs point to cheating. Also, you've known Kevin for years. You've known his dad for years. Like, how could he be the Black Hood? And Betty is like, no, no, no. Think about it, Veronica. He killed the sugar man in the cell in the sheriff's station. How else could anyone in the entire fucking world killed him i'm like with your logic like the janitor could have done done it you idiot (laughs) (laughs) but veronica's look like look i think he's having an affair and i'm gonna prove it so we cut to the high school and veronica catches up with kevin in the hallway and she's like i have the best idea kevin how about a sleepover at your house so they're gonna have a sleepover whatever she's doing recon so we cut to betty with like 
a fake news article story. She's she's interviewing Sheriff Keller on like the Candyman or whatever. And she's or she, on the murder of the Candyman. And she's like, Sheriff Keller, like, what do you think? How could have like he been killed if he was in jail and secure? And Sheriff Keller is like, listen, it was forced entry, dumbass. Like I was on patrol. Sybil was on night duty. <laughs> I love this. He's like, look at all this evidence. He's like showing her like photos of like the pride open door and like, let's go to the jail cell. And I'm like, really? He's literally, he's like, there's footprints, there's finger, uh, not fingerprints, there's footprints, there's video. Like, it's like, look at all this. Like, here's the photos of the dead body. (laughs) Yeah. Like there's literal evidence, the door being jammed open. Like Betty is like literally grasping at straws here. Um, so yeah, he shows her the holding cell and he's like, I'm just so sad. It happened under my watch. And I was like, yeah, that's really embarrassing. So Veronica and Kevin are having their little sleepover at his house and it looks so boring. Like they're playing like Dungeons and Dragons or something. And Veronica's phone rings and it's Betty, but she's like, uh, uh, I'm going to go get a bevy. Do you need anything? And Kevin's like, yeah, if you could give me a glass of milk. I was like, ew. I know. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, is there nothing creepier than just like drinking a glass of milk? Right. Like in the middle of the night, especially. Uh. So Betty's on the phone with Veronica and she's like, you're having a sleepover in the middle of our investigation. And she's like, well, at least while you're there, like look around for clues. And Veronica's like, oh, fine, whatever. So Veronica checks the office. Of course, it's locked. So she's like, the next logical thing would be to go into the basement. So Veronica starts stepping into the basement and we're like hearing grunting. And it's like, okay. And it's Sheriff Keller working out. Good looking silver fox. I wrote, this is so awkward because Veronica's like, "Uh, uh, I I was just looking for like something to drink. And Keller's like, oh, okay. Like, yeah, the fridge is right here. Veronica's like really weird here. She's like, listen, Kevin mentioned like things have been really stressful lately. It must be so hard with all the pressure on with, without Mrs. Keller here. Wait, where is she stationed again? <laughs> the way she says this, she's like, it must be really hard. Pauses. Yeah, she's like, that's your wife. With him. He's got like a shirt off. He's just like all his muscles. I'm like, yeah, God. Sweaty. No. And she's like, oh, okay. And I'm like, Bet Veronica, you're so transparent right now. It's like painfully obvious. So of course, Kevin comes down and he's like, hey, what are you doing here with my dad? And alas, we cut to the two of them sleeping. But Veronica wakes up. She hears the front door open and Keller is leaving for the night. So we got to Pops and Betty and Betty, Betty and Betty, Betty and Veronica are doing like recon and B is like Keller left and he didn't come back till 4 a.m. And Betty's like, look, a drug addict was found last night dead on the side of the train tracks. It has to be Sheriff Keller. And I'm like, don't put this woman on any sort of investigative team or anything like that. So we cut to Keller's house and Betty is like hiding in the bushes, like super inconspicuous. And she's going to break in to Keller's office. She breaks into the house. She breaks in the office with her bobby pin, of course. And we have our murder board. We have Keller's murder board. And she's like rummaging him out. She's opening drawers, moving paper. And finally, she finds a black hood. Suddenly, Sheriff Keller walks in and kills Betty. (laughs) (laughs) Suddenly, Sheriff Keller walks in and goes, Betty, what are you doing here? So rude. So we cut to the sheriff's station and Betty's in big trouble. Her dad, Hal, is there and he is mortified. He's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Like she got this idea in her head and, you know, she just acted on it. And Sheriff Keller's like, it's okay. Like here, Betty, look at my logbook. Go ahead, go through it. You can see my presence has been accounted for for every crime. And, Be- and he's like, Betty, I'm not going to say anything to Kevin. I think it would break his heart that you are such a bitch. <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I wrote, God, Betty, you're so annoying this episode. But she has one last idea. She's still not convinced. So, of course, she convinces Veronica they're going to go on a stakeout. So we see Sheriff Keller, like, leaving in the middle of the night. And the girls are on his tail. And Sheriff Keller pulls up to Riverdale Motel. And you know what happened. 
You know it. Everything. So we see Sheriff Keller get out of the truck and he has a bag, you guys. It's his kill kit. He and the girls are freaking out. They're like, oh my God, oh my God, it's his kill kit. Ah, ah. So he knocks on the door and out walks Mayor McCoy in lingerie. They hold each other's in a lover's embrace. Veronica was right this whole time. Sheriff Keller is having an affair with Mayor McCoy. Like, don't you ever question Veronica's judgment? Don't you ever. The girl has amazing intuition. So we go to Pops. We cut to the girls. And they're like, uh, should we tell Kevin? But they decide, like, this is a secret. They're just going to keep between them. And we we look behind them. We see in the next booth, Cheryl is with Josie, like, comforting her. We cut to the boys. Um, they're there after their drug deal gone wrong. And Jughead, like, goes to leave to see his dad when suddenly the phone rings. Pop answers the phone. He hangs up. He walks in the middle of the restaurant and he says, that was him on the phone. The Black Hood. He says that we failed his test, that we are all sinners, that the reckoning is upon us. Wow. Wow. Yeah. What an episode. What an episode. And I'm like... Wow, you guys really screwed up that test. Like, you blew it big. <laughs> big time. Big, big old screw up. All you had to do was stay home for 24 hours, and now you committed a litany of crimes. Right. You could have put on a movie, gone to sleep. Like, you guys are idiots. They can't help themselves. It's Riverdale. No. It's like they're sitting around in bed, to, like, texting each other, like, hey, you want to go to... Want to do like, something nefarious? Break into someone's house and deliver a crate of drugs and falsely <laughs> accuse somebody of stalking. Murder. Being a serial killer. I just they can't help themselves. It's, it's you guys. Awesome. We have the jughead under the snake charmer's charms. We have um Sheriff Keller having an affair with the mayor. We have Josie with a stalker. We have a Riverdale Reaper upon possibly upon us. Like this is bad. And the reckoning's coming. Like, come on. The reckoning. I can't wait. I'm so excited. Oof. Wow. Hope you guys are ready. You guys, huh? I hope, I hope the our river fixings are ready. I don't think they are. Actually, I think they are. Because it's just going to get bonkers from here. Fixins, serpents. Patrick, it's been an honor. It's been a privilege. Will you, again, accept this rose and join me next week? For Riverdale season two, episode 21, baby. I will. You guys, you know what happens when you step on a serpent. It bites back. <laughs>